Hello, good evening, everyone. Broadcasting live. Sorry, broadcasting live, May 15th. Today's quote is from the uh, commentary to the Kudaka Bhata, the first book of the Kudaka Nikaya. <clears throat> this is the commentary to the Saranagamana Katha. Is that what it's called? Sarana, no. Saranataya. It's called the Saranataya. What's it actually called? Saranatayang. The Kudaka Bhatha is, uh, Kudaka means small, short, could mean minor or kind of secondary, you know, insignificant in a sense. Might mean miscellaneous. But short is uh, appropriate because the Saranatayang, Saranatayang, is where we find buddhang saranangachami, dhammang saranangachami, sanghang saranangachami. I go to the Buddha as my sarana, <clears throat> as a refuge or as a reflection, a recollection. Refuge may be better. Dhammang saranangachami, I go to the dhamma, I go to the sangha for refuge. Dutiyampi buddhang saranangacham. For a second time, I go to the Buddha as a refuge. I go to the Dhamma as a refuge. I go to the Sangha as a refuge. Tatiyampi. And for a third time. And that's it. Nine lines. Uh, Thirty-three words, right? Thirty-three words long. It's a small section. That's it. Commentary has some interesting things to say about this. First it talks about the Buddha, but we'll skip that part only because it's not in our quote. Our quote is from the second part um, that talks about the three refuges uh, as a whole. And so there's some other, other similes here that hopefully I can... No, I think this isn't it. Uh-oh. Find it. Actually, quite long. Here we are. Puna chandovya buddho. 
the Buddha is like the full moon. Puna chando ya bundo. Chanda kirana nikaro viatena desito dhammo. The Dhamma taught by him is like the rays of the moon. The many, many rays, that rays of light that shine from the moon. Puna chanda kirana samupadita pinito loko via sango. The world loka that is delighted, let me see, pleased, invig that is lit up maybe, uh, by the, by the arisen, by the rays of the moon. So the Dhamma lights up the world, lights up is probably the best. This is the Sangha. So the Sangha are those of us that are lit up. The light, light comes to you. Alokodapadi. It's like you were in a dark room before and suddenly there is light. And Dhamma opens your eyes to things that were there and already. It doesn't bring anything new, not, not chiefly. Chiefly it, it teaches you about what's already there. That's the whole of it. They joke those people who practice uh, breath meditation, they say, it teaches you what's under your nose. Because of course it uses the breath, they, they focus on the nose. But really it's uh, here, the Buddha said, in this six foot frame, this is where you find the beginning and the end of the, of the universe. Everything is already here. You don't have to go far. There was this monk in Bangkok who... Uh, he would give an example of how we do, really don't know ourselves very well. And he said... Uh, he, taught, he asked this woman, she was 95 years old, he said, How many knuckles do you have on one hand? He said, don't count, but tell, just tell me, do you know? She said, don't know. 95 years old, you still don't know. If you never counted, you don't know. So when you say you know something like the back of your hand, not so sure. No. We never look. So you can look at your hand. That's not very difficult to figure out how many knuckles you have. But to understand your mind, how many people actually spend the time learning? about themselves, about their minds. So the, this is the light, the, like the light of the moon. The Buddha is like the moon. That's the first one. The second one is Bala. Bala is not foolish. Hmm. I had a problem here because it shouldn't be Bala, it should be. Let me see. 
Oh, Bala Surya, the newly arisen sun. I get it. Bala means young in this case. It usually means foolish. Bala Surya is the, the dawn. The Buddha is like the dawn. Tasarasmi jalamiva vutta pakaro dhammo. If I can get this. Rasmi, got that one. Jala. The glow, the rest, the glow and the... Uh, the Dhamma with its many qualities is like the glow of the sun, I don't know. It's like the qualities of the risen sun. Same thing. Wutapakaro. Not clear about that. Dhammo. My Pali is not great. Tena vihatanda karo loko sango. The darkness. Andakara is. Anda means blind. Kara means that which makes. That which makes you blind, andakara, is darkness. Vihatta means destroyed or dispelled. The world that uh, whose darkness is destroyed by the sun is like the sangha. So again, this light. We're, the Buddha is like the moon, he is like the sun. When it lights up the world. Because that's it, you know, Buddhism isn't about... I had an interesting conversation today. I went to see my family today. We talked about music. And it was a good debate, and I had to admit some points, because there's definitely a potential to see good in, in music, in the sense, in the worldly sense, that it can strengthen you. The rhythm, the trance that it puts you in, can strengthen you. So what I couldn't probably quite get across as well as I would have liked, it was about five or six on one, so I was vastly outnumbered. Uh, my family's into music. Um, is that the sensual, is it the sensual attachment? I mean, we did talk about it, but I, it's a tough crowd. I'm not very convinced. Is the, the, the attachment to it, you know, in the mind. You can be attached, you're attached to the sound, you like it, and liking is an addiction. And you know, there's so many things that you have to, there's a worldview that you have to, I guess, a change in worldview. But the reason I bring it up is because it's not about dogma. We can't just say music is bad. We have to look at reality. We're not about, we can't be. If we want to be follow the Buddha, we can't accept dogma. We can't follow dogma. We can't believe things. We can't follow things just because it's a belief. We follow things because they're true. If they are not true, we have to stop following them. And there's a challenge there, you know. What can we know to be true? And so it's not, I mean, it's not about the whole truth. 
It's about two things, the good truth, the truth that is useful, but also the truth that we can know. So any truth that we are going to, to find has to be knowable, and we have to come to know it. That's how we become a true follower of the Buddha. You practice his teachings, we don't believe it, we don't think it, we don't suspect it. We, we realize it. It's a very simple thing. So we study music, for example. And you can say music is good, music is bad, music makes me happy. I, my main argument was that happiness doesn't make you happy. This is a very good Buddhist argument. It didn't really work because, well, when you're so opposed to something, when your view is very much opposed, to, so we have different views, but you can't, you, you can argue, you can say happiness makes you happy. Happiness doesn't lead to happiness. It's not the cause of happiness. It's not the cause of itself. If it was, I mean, actually, it's kind of silly, because if it was, it would be a feedback loop. We'd always be happy. Be happy once, you're happy forever. It's not the case. Happiness doesn't lead to happiness. I suppose it's a bit simplistic, and people would argue that it's more complicated than that, but happiness doesn't lead to happiness. It doesn't have that power. Something leads to happiness. We'd argue that things, goodness in all its forms, things that we, well, I mean, that's a tautology. We call it goodness because it leads to happiness. It's ha it leads to happiness because it's goodness. Not really. There are certain things that lead to happiness. Happiness is not one of them. Um, but that's a good example because that's a claim that we can test. Does happiness lead to happiness? Most people will argue things like that. Of course, happiness is good in and of itself. They argue no, but let's investigate. It's a problem, really. People have views without investigating, or they have views based on their own experience, uh, anecdotal experience, without being systematic in their exploration, their investigation. Buddhism is about bringing light. It's not about changing anything. It's about bringing the purest light possible that we can. Purest light we're able to. It's making ourselves as objective as we can, to see things as clearly as we can. And just accepting the truth. In fact, it's not something you even have to accept. Once you see it, it changes you. It changes your whole perspective. You can't unsee it, you can't unknow it. Not that you would ever want to, right? I mean, what's better in a dark room? What's better in a room to know where everything is or to not know where everything is? You want to forget where the chairs are so you bump into them again? Much better that you know. Vanadahaka puriso viyabuddho. Vanadahaka. I think dahaka. Let's look up. I don't know Dahaka. It must be like leader. I don't think we have Dahaka. Hmm. Someone who leads you out of a forest, I think. Dahana. Dahana. Burning? Oh. Buddha is like someone who burns down the forest? I'm not sure. Okay. The Buddha is one who burns down a forest. Is a person who burns down a forest, I think. The fire burning the forest 
is the Dhamma. Vanadahana gi via kilesa vanadahano dhammu. The fire burning the forest, which is the ah right, like like the fire burning the forest, is the dhamma that burns the forest of kilesa, the forest of defilement. Dadha one Dadha one a gate of Buddha via Bumi Bago. Oh, I'm not gonna get this one. Dadha Kile Satta Punya Kate Buddha Sango. I think it means the field. Once the, yeah, the state of the forest being, oh no, the the thing, no. Bhumi Bhago, that portion of earth that is has become a field through right through the burning of the forest, through the forest having been burned. Once the forest is consumed by fire, you have a field. It's not the best imagery. We tend to like our forests, and the Buddha liked forests as well, but commentator here has chosen some fairly strong imagery. But it's clever. It's clever because, and this is the Sangha. The Sangha is like that field. Once you've burnt down the forest, you can plant stuff in it. And so you have the, once the defilements are burnt down, that person who has become a field of merit, punya keta. They are an incomparable field of merit. This is the Sangha. They are incredible people to associate with, enlightened beings. You can become a better person. You can do good deeds around them like nothing else. Even just giving them a gift, Even just giving a gift to like the Buddha or one of his chief disciples or something, or supporting anyone who practices meditation is awesome. They're a great field of merit. So he's not saying burn down forests or burning down forests is a good thing, but it's a curious, it's a, it's a clever Im imagery because we always talk about the Sangha as being a field of merit. Mahamegho via Buddho. Salila Uti Uyadamo. So the Buddha is like a great rain cloud. Salila Uti. The rain, the water of the rain is like the Dhamma. So what good is water from rain? Uti Nipatupasamita Renu Uyajanapado Upasamita. So what is Renu? Renu? Dust. Uh -huh. That removes the dust. Upasamita, which uh, removes basically, or you know, it's actually appeases, but that's not right here. Upasamita. 
the dust is appeased, you know, the dust is cleansed. That's just loosely translated. The loose, the, the, the dust that is removed through the falling of the rain on the Janapado, on the countryside, is like the Sangha, I know, yes, is like the Sangha, or the Sangha is like that. The Sangha who have uh, pacified the dust of defilements. So they have cleansed the dust of defilements from their mind. They have wiped it away from their minds. The dust is the things that make our mind dirty, make our minds uh, muddled, muddied, in the sense of not being able to see clearly. Susara, oh no, that's the third one, right? That's the Sangha. So the Sangha who have cleansed their defilements using the rain of the Dhamma taught by the rain cloud of the Buddha. So this is cleansing. We haven't gotten to the doctor yet. That's the quote, today's quote. Susara Tiviya Buddha. Sarati is a chariot here, isn't it? The Buddha is like a skilled driver, chauffeur, no, not a chauffeur, charioteer. Asajaniya vinayupayo viyadambo. Asajaniya is a yeah, good horse that is trained and skillful. Upaya is skilled. No, the skill, uh -huh, the skill in training horses of good breeding is like the Dhamma. So a charioteer has to know how to train horses. This is a horse chariot, right? Nowadays it would be the skill in driving a car, race car driver maybe. Suvinita sad. Janiya Samuho Vyasangho. What is Samuha? Is a multitude, the well trained multitude of horses is like the Sangha, the herd of horses, right? It's like the Sangha. So Buddhism is a training, very important. Buddhist meditation isn't about blissing out or enjoying yourself. It's about training your mind, training your mind in clarity and seeing things as they are and training your mind through clarity. The clarity trains you, trains you to do and say and think the right things because you know what's right and what's wrong for yourself without any kind of brainwashing or dogma or anything. I don't know if I should go on. It looks like there's tons and tons and tons of these. This would be a good commentary to translate. I think I'll stop there, though. The doctor one comes up. So the, the quote tonight is, can we skip ahead to the doctor? don't know if I can even find it. Maybe it's coming up. No. No. 
there's tons. There's like 50 or 60 different, well, 40, 20, 30, 40. There's lots of them. I think we'll end it there. So the, the quote was, the Buddha is a skilled physician. Like a physician who, who is able to heal the sickness. So he heals the sickness of defilement. The Dhamma is like the medicine, rightly applied. The Sangha, with their defilements cured, are like people destroyed, uh, restored to health by that medicine. Rightly applied, no? Even like medicine, the Dhamma has to be rightly applied. You can't just read the Dhamma and decide to practice it. It's important to have direction, guidance, support, all of these things. So, if you have any important questions, it's been a long day, so I'm not going to stay here too long, but if you got some important meditative questions. Simon's trying to explain music. No, the other thing I wanted to say about music is that in a worldly sense, it could be healthy. They say, well, music is good for you. It, it, it actually leads to health. They were arguing that there are cases of people being cured through music. So in a worldly sense, I could see how the rhythm would be healthy for the body. And even for the mind, rhythm it puts you in a trance, and so you're in a blissful space. But... Uh, yeah, and the, the that, I mean, whether that's right or wrong, good or bad. I mean, it's it's a lot of delusion involved with good health, of course. But you know, that's not a big deal. Worldly sense, okay, we agree that there are some states of mind that are trance-like that can be brought about through music. The bigger problem is the sensuality, just the enjoyment of the sound that becomes addictive, and it's just a minor addiction. Nothing huge. It's not breaking the five precepts or anything. Yeah, I mean, there's and then there's bad music, like music that teaches you how to be a bad person, gangster rap, that kind of stuff, of course. But my brother's a musician. It was a difficult uh, argument. I don't want to get into it too much. Okay, I see that there are no pertinent questions. If anyone had uh, pressing questions, if any had, anyone had pressing questions, I would, I think they would have been posted by now, so I'm going to say goodnight. Tomorrow morning I'm off to New York with two other monks, and Michael's our driver. So, probably nothing tomorrow, but actually maybe, if I can get Wi-Fi in this monastery, in Bhikkhu Bodhi's monastery. I'll try and broadcast something. We'll see. Anyway, good night.